It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, my dudes. It's Cassie. It's Casey. And this is Dark RX. Welcome back, guys, to Dark RX, a dark medicine podcast with your host, Cassie and Casey. We are on episode seven. God. Can you believe that? No, that we're actually still doing this. I know. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm not, uh, me too. So, in case you're new here, I am Cassie. I'm Casey. And we're two BFFs who work in the ER together as nurses. BFFs. <laughs> I like to say that. BFFs. We are BFFs. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because uh, I don't know how many people can actually put up with Cassie forever. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's rude. Con's still here. That's true. Good for Con, man. I know. Anyway, we wanted to know why the fuck we do the things we do today. Back then, what was the reasoning? In, in, so here you are. Here in medicine. We are. Specifically in medicine. Oh. Yeah, in medicine. Twice, I don't really care what know. else they did back in the day, but I like the medical part of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty scary. So let's get started today. We're going to do corpse medicine. I'm so excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know what corpse medicine is, uh, it happened mainly between the 16th and 18th century was when it was huge, began dying out in the early 18th century, so that's going to be our time frame today, and I'm going to be the only one talking about it. Yeah, so you get to hear Cassie's voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's great. Good for y'all. So, <laughs> also, the podcast is sponsored by it's really not sponsored by just in case i think that's a legal issue <laughs> but we are both drinking a different kind of ipa yeah and they're both local louisiana breweries and mm-hmm. mine is urban south they're holy roller 10 out of 10 mm, and mine's a black lager by great draft and it is reasonably corrupt also 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. so g- go to your local grocery store Get you a fucking beer, pop it open, and then come back and turn the podcast back on. Yeah, we do sound better when you're drunk. Yes. <laughs> like uh, most times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's go. So, corpse medicine. Like I said, super popular. But it's been super popular then just before the 1600s. Ah, yes. The 1600s. It's what just, a time. It's really when 1600s it started to more flourish, but it has been a thing since the B.C. era. What's B.C. stand for? Before Christ. I don't think that's right anymore. <laughs> but okay. Anyway. We're not history majors, guys. Every podcast we have to reiterate that. <laughs> yep. But I'm going to take you on a history dive because this is fucking deep-seated, rooted in goddamn history. Take me out to sea. All right, so corpse medicine is exactly what it sounds like, folks. It's using bodies, bones, internal organs, and body fluids to cure ailments. Literally cannibalism, bros. 
Gross. Yeah. That's super frowned upon. Just now. So you know that. <laughs> now it is. Yeah, now it is. Back yeah, then. It was not. It was normal. It was widely practiced all through, like, Europe, France, Germany, America, India, China. Basically, you name it, and that country practiced it. Bam. Corpse medicine brought a whole new debate regarding if eating a man's flesh should be considered sinful. The Catholics and the Protestants, they both had different opinions, but they actually both agreed that as long as you were eating the flesh as a medicine, it was excusable. Yeah, we uh, we have problems like that now, where if we <laughs> use it as a medicine, it's excusable. <laughs> I digress, though. <laughs> so the next question that you are faced with, if you are in this 17th century and you want to eat human, is not, should you eat human? Because the church has done said it's okay. But what sort of human should you be eating? Jeffrey Dahmer just was in the wrong time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so it brings us to our first topic, mummy. Oh, mummy. Yes. Mummy was a staple medicine ingredient. Ingredient. So the whole story starts with this fucking mineral. It's called bitumen. Bitumen. Otherwise, a.k.a. asphalt. Yes. And like. The yep. road? Okay. Yep. You heard me right. Okay. I'm going to take you way back to literally the first century. Wow. Natural bitumen was an abundant in ancient Middle East where it formed in basins from like the remains of tiny plants and animals. <laughs> the fucking dinosaurs were bitumen or asphalt. Uh, it was thought that bitumen was from the dead, the bitumen from the Dead Sea was the best for medicine. Sure. Sure. So bear with me because you need a little history lesson to understand how corpse medicine snowballed into such a huge success. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. So in the first century, a Roman nationalist, Pinely the Elder. Pine? Pinely? Pinely. P-L-I-N-Y. Pinely. Yep. Mm -hmm. The Elder. The, <laughs> it's, just, it's like you cannot just call him. You can't be like, oh, Pinely. Like you have to call him Pinely no. the Elder. Yeah. It's like okay. the Shia. Mm -hmm. Okay. He actually recommended ingesting bitumen with wine to cure chronic coughs and dysentery. Gross. Mm -hmm. Combined with vinegar, it was used to dissolve and remove clotted blood. Other uses include treatment for cataracts, toothaches, skin disease. Mm -hmm. Just the basics. Yep. While different cultures had their own name for bitumen, in the 10th century, Persian physicians started calling it mumme. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which so they refer to mummy as the same substance as bitumen or mum, which means wax. So it referred to the stickiness of it. We called embalmed ancient Egyptians mummies because the Europeans first saw the black stuff coated on all the bodies in the tombs, mm -hmm. and they assumed it was bitumen oh, or mummy. But it was really just dead people. No, they the Egyptians coated their dead in the bitumen. Oh. Mm-hmm. To, pre oh, to, to preserve them. Preserve them. Yep. And so that's where the term mummy comes from. Interesting. The Persian word for it, mummy. These mummies are ancient in the 16th century. I mean, they, the fact that they're still preserved now is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. So whatever they used, good job. Yeah. So after centuries of using the bitumen supply, it was starting to get hard to find, right? Everyone in the world's using it. It's not like you can quickly make a natural resource. 
Nope. <laughs> it's limited. It's been used since first century. Here we are getting into like the 15th, early 16th century. It's becoming pretty hard to find the substance in the world. So what do the people turn to? What? They're already going to these massive tombs in Egypt, like stealing their gold and the jewels off the corpse. Oh, God. Yeah. Like the city of the dead. Oh, they're that's... opening up these tombs and they're taking the gold from. This the, is how you fucking get cursed. Yeah, they are. They think that these people are covered in this bitumen. Oh Jesus. Mm-hmm. So in comes this 12th century man named Gerald of Cremona, a translator of Arabic language manuscripts, and he actually defines the word mummy as a substance found in the land where bodies are bur- buried with aloes which the liquid of the dead mixes with the aloes and then therefore it transforms the body. Oh, God, that's disgusting. So he's basically saying is that mummy expanded to include not just the asphalt on the flesh, but the actual embalmed body itself. Gross. Yeah. Like uh, like he's saying the the mummy's body Mm -hmm. absorbed the minerals, and so you can actually eat the body, and still get the minerals. Perfect. I love thousand-year-old dead guy. Yeah, and this is literally the beginning of corpse medicine. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So now yep. the lore for Egyptian mummies was super fucking high. And the way the ancient Egyptians had embalmed the humans, it was an art that many tried to replicate, and nobody was, was like, ever as successful as the Egyptians at doing the mummies were black and hard and shiny, like bitumen, and had pleasant, pleasant smells coming from them, which I think is really weird. Well, I mean, I guess the, I mean, so bacteria is what makes your body smell when you decompose. Right. So maybe by that point, all the bacteria had drifted, and all that was left was, like, their essential oils and shit that they would use on them? I guess every reference that I could find of them was that these Egyptian mummies actually smelled pretty nice. That's, yeah. Mm, Bath and Body Works, we have a new scent for you. <laughs> Mummy. <laughs> Mummy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Egypt became like this mystic place in the minds of the rest of the world. Like a magical place that held powers and the rest of the world wanted it. And that's why Egyptian Egyptian I can't speak. Uh, that's that's new. why Egyptian mummies were so prized. They wanted to take in the powers uh for healing purposes. I'm also uh, fucking sure. dying that the fifteenth and twelfth century thought that Egypt was ancient. I mean, they were ancient, but, like, it's just crazy looking back from, like, right now I mean, I in guess 2021. There's no more, like, serious word than ancient that we could use to describe, like, ancient squared, I guess. <laughs> like, we think the 12th century is ancient, and the 12th century thought fucking Egypt was ancient. I mean, they it was I, ancient. Yeah, that's how time works. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wild. <laughs> I know, it's just wild. Tune in more for more science and time theories <laughs> by Cassie. <laughs> You guys learn so much from this podcast, not just about our medical past, but <laughs> history, it's math, just fucking wild. science. Now, the 12th century thought Egypt was ancient back then. No, I get what you're saying. That is, it's it's crazy. It's, a, it's, it's a good way to put it into perspective. Yes, like this is how old it was then. It's basically us right now looking at the 15th century, saying that was old. Yeah, know, that crazy. was old. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, there's hmm. four types of mummy. I love saying that word, too, by the way. I can tell. I know. There's the mineral pitch. It was a highly praised substance called the elixir of life. So these are all mummies. Okay. 
There was the embalmed Egyptian corpses. Those were called mummies. There was also Arabian mummies. Those were of men that died in the desert, and the sand, wind, and sun hardened their flesh. Oh, so like unintentional mummies. Yeah. Like you went out into the desert, you died, and it was just the way your body decomposed out there that turned you into a mummy. So mummy basically just means like preserved body at the at the base of it. That holds at this some point. type of power, yeah. But it's like preserved the whole power. something. Yeah, they're saying like the sand and the wind and the moon. Oh, Jesus. Gave you things, but a lot of people did not think this was a real type of mummy, the Arabian mummy. No, well, a lot of people were not into Arabian mummies. I could see that. Yeah, and then the last type of mummy was fresh. <clears throat> Like a fresh dead person Yum. was still called a mummy as well. It's a loose term. Like it is not a wrapped... as in like, like so somebody would die and they're like that's a mummy. Yes. Okay, so they did nothing to them. They just dropped dead. Yes. So basically, they, before they their vi- body, or they died a violent death. That was a big thing. They wanted people that had died a violent death. I guess that's a way of honoring them is to no it has nothing to do with that no that's just another term for mummy so don't think of mummy as specifically i can't help it my brain's been taught this thing in a life yeah and a sarcophagus that's in egypt that is not just a mummy reference brendan fraser raised me i hate you (laughs) we love brendan fraser bt dose so europe wanted these egyptian mummies right sure europe and egypt are nowhere near each other and going there... Thank you. I actually... Geography is hard, too, guys. <laughs> going there in the 15th and 16th century uh-huh. was hard. <clears throat> it was the Old Testament land. The trip was not cheap. No one knew the land well. But they went <laughs> by the 17th century. Well, yeah, they had to go get their food. Yeah, the supply from, like, Egypt to the European countries became difficult to obtain. But there was, there was trade between people who would go in and steal the corpses from Egypt and they would trade them with other countries through the waterways. That's so fucked up. These are people's bodies, bro. I know. Come on. So they did use uh, substitutes in place of the Egyptian mummies. Okay. Mm-hmm. They would just have a dead body, and they would just, like, medicate it with different herbs and spices, oh, and they would call and... it... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would try to do counterfeit Egyptian mummies. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? Just like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Also known as porta-potties. And so, over time, the association with bitumen being the source of the healing power, it kind of lost its appeal because it became harder harder to obtain, and it was... The idea of that was honestly just replaced with the thought that the body and the flesh itself rep- provided the healing power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm convinced. <laughs> that brings Serve me, me up a plate. <laughs> that brings me to mummy powder. Mm-hmm. And that is also exactly what you think it is. The ground mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Casey, you are a 15th century apothecary. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Let me get into character. And you have paid a lot of money for this Egyptian mummy. And you now have to grind it down, the body, into a powder. Because you need to make some money, girl. Well, yeah, I had to sell my eldest daughter for this. <laughs> so corpse would be ground into dust, and the powder would be mixed in with different substances that it could treat. And it treated everything. 
Why not? From headaches, stomach ulcers, I need to make money off of this. Of course I'm going to tell it treats everything. Aches, pains, ringworms, gouts, wounds, ulcers. It could be ingested or could be used topical as a cream or a powder. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah. Case, do you suffer from a cough, shortness I, of breath? I do. Or dysentery? Yes. How did you know? Well, mummy and wine was the cure for you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. How about some rutabar and mummy drunk for your ulcers of the breast? Are you saying rhubarb? Yeah. Okay. Or mummy plaster for your tumors. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine, like, just the tumors, like, people, like, you couldn't control them, so they would just jut out, like, oh yeah, that's my tumor, Wilbur. I'm just rubbing the, the mummy powder I got from some, the local apothecary. There's some ground skull. Yeah. <laughs> Should do it. Mm-hmm. You could use your mummy as a balm, a pill form, drinks, powders, incense. You name it. It treated all. We love a versatile bitch. I know. Fractures, wounds, inflammations. Ruptures. Yes. Um, English King Charles II kept mummified heads in his home. So they would always have the ingredient on hand in case they needed it. That's disgusting. Yeah. And nobody else thought that was, like, horrifying. No, this is... I know, I know. This this is a normal practice. This is normal. Like, this is as normal as getting a blood transfusion is You just can't walk into somebody's home these days and look at a, you know, dead corpse on their wall. And think, okay. Mm -hmm. It's not the same anymore. For nosebleeds, love this one. You blow mummy powder Mm-mm. up the nostrils to stop the bleeding. Ow, that has got to sting. You cake mummy powder onto, onto bleeding wounds to stop it. I don't want that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Royal Surgeon William Clow's surgical textbook of 1588 cited mummies in recipes to stop, stop bleeding for amputations. Did it work? Yes, it did. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. Um, of course. Of fucking course some man how to say this. Mummy made from bodies of virgins or oh, maidens we were go. specifically potent and were very expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. What the fuck ever. Over the French border. <laughs> you know, maybe they just didn't have diseases, so I guess you could argue that. You can't have STDs yeah. if you don't have S. And that was the argument, is that they were pure, and so their corpse was the, the highest, purest form that you could get. Mm. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Over over in France, mummies were equally as popular. Are you sp- spitting up blood from ulcers or tumors? How did you know? <laughs> you just mix mummy, boiled human blood, and oh. pomegranate flowers. Where did they get the blood from? These mummies are dried up prunes. Oh, you're not, like, corpse medicine was more than just mummy powder. This is just my first little spot. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. That's right. I forgot mummies are also fresh dead. Yeah, mummies are part of corpse medicine, but they're just the iceberg. Got it. Tip. Tipping it off. So you put a little bit of mummy powder, a little bit of boiled human blood, a little bit of pomegranate flowers with some coral and some red wax, and that should help your your bleeding ulcers. You know the Fairly Odd Parents, the beginning theme song? That's what that fucking sounds like. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, this is a good one, too. The Mellified Man was basically a candy mummy. Ew. So, a Chinese physician, <sighs> he has in his book, Chinese Matra Medica from 1597. Matcha, like the uh, gross green Not matcha. I didn't say matcha. Materia Medica. Chinese Materia Medica from 1957. The mellification recipe. I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) You can take it home with you guys. I heard Julia Child uses this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty popular. Continue. You take one aged male. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got one in mind. You bathe him in honey. Perfect. You feed him nothing but honey. He'll love this. Eventually, he'll start defecating only honey. And then he will eventually die from this diet. Really? Nothing but sugar? Nothing but honey. Straight honey. Honey only. No water, no bread, no meat. Honey, 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 honey. Honey, honey. (laughs) And then after he dies from this honey diet, you know what you have to do? I don't know. Seal him in honey for a hundred years. Oh, a good Ziploc. Yep. So then after a hundred years, he would be rock hard candy. Okay, so this man who quote unquote invented this recipe wasn't even alive for his end product. I know. Cont- what? I know. He would be rock hard candy that would be administered to heal broken or weakened bones. Who is this man that sacrificed himself for this? It's, it was normally their elders. Like you were normally at least 80 or so before you actually sacrificed. This was... This was an honor. Like, you volunteered your body. Yes. It sounds like a modern day story. You volunteered your body for this at your older age. No. And because it would be used to help heal your people. Oh, Papa and Mama. So you would actually be uh, providing a service. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was looked at as one of the highest honors. So the honey. Thank you for your service, I guess. Yeah. Yikes. I know. The honey is actually a natural antibacterial. And it makes for great preservation. Well, they used to they used to do that to the mummies. They would put honey on them. Yeah, they used they. It was a common practice to use honey to preserve meats for weeks. Yum. Yeah. Why is that not gross? But the thought of a human well, that whole thing was messed up. I know. So honey, 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 mummy confection was available throughout Europe and China. Stop. It was a huge thing. Kids like sucking on that shit. Like I'm picturing like a it, fucking like, lollipop femur. Like Willy Wonka, like passing it out. <laughs> oh, did you get the lucky one with the bone in it? <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's talk about apothecaries real quick. So apothecary is like the 16th century version of a Walgreens, or you know, a pharmacist. Yeah, I mean, people understand what Walgreens. Did means. you know that Walgreens was the first? That's where our milkshakes were invented, was a Walgreens? No. Because pharmacies... a milkshake from there. Well, they don't do that now. Oh. But Wal- Walgreens was the first one to invent that because they used to, like, do... They had, like, a little ice cream shop. Their ice cream machine worked? It was called a human, so yeah. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Anyway. It's just a fun fact. <laughs> so, apothecaries... Um, it that the actual apothecary mm-hmm. dispensed and created medicines to sell. So apothecary was the store, and apothecaries was the pharmacist. So before the 19th century, apothecaries did a lot. They were your general physician, sometimes your surgeon, your psychiatrist, your dentist, uh, optometrist. They just do it all, man. Yeah, and they also 
they would mix, make, and give you your medicine. What a cheap doctor visit. Uh, unless you're getting an Egyptian mummy or a virgin mummy. Well, yeah, but that's like, <laughs> I mean, you that's like, you know, the VIP doctor visit. Yeah. I'm talking like, I could go there, make one appointment, <laughs> and have my entire body done. Done. Yeah, sure. Like car maintenance, but for <sighs> your body. So the human skull was also really popular. So now we're getting into... So I want to make a distinction between mummy, Mm -hmm. the powder, can be used for stuff, but a human skull does not have to come from a mummy. It can just come from a fresh dead body. Yeah. Which is also another type of mummy, which is a different one because we have four types, right? So it's a fresh. Okay. It can be fresh. It can be a powdered mummy. Fresh, frozen, never better. Yeah. So, Wendy's? <laughs> it's your Wendy's version. <laughs> so, different skulls had different uses. Sure. Right? What are uh, the different I'm gonna skulls? Give you, I'm going to give you a few recipes. Oh, so, they had a recipe for the king's drops. And it this is what it goes with. Mm-hmm. Two pounds of heart's thorn. Two pounds of dried viper. So wait, two pounds of heart thorn? Heart's horn. Sorry. Heart's horn. It's a plant. I still don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Yes. Like the, uh, that distinction made no difference horn. to me. <laughs> two pounds of dried viper. <laughs> the snake? Unclear. Two pounds of ivory. Okay. And five pounds of a human skull that died specifically from a violent death. Fucking dumb. So the ingredients were minced and then distilled into a liquid form. Sure. Yep. The human skull was the active ingredient. And it had the most important spiritual purpose. It was believed that sudden violent deaths trapped the soul within the human remains, including the skull. Oh, good. So these people thought they were ingesting yes, another person's soul. the vitality soul. of the other person that died. That's more fucked up than the cocaine. They thought they were ingesting the vitality and the power of that person, and then that person would heal them by ingesting okay, them. religion and medicine just don't mix. Yeah. So consuming it, um, it gave the recipient recipient the vital life forces of the person that died. The king's drop was a cure for nervous complaints, convulsions, um, and sometimes epilepsy. But it also killed some people. Oops. <laughs> the distilled heart's horn uh, turned into ammonia when it was boiled down. Oh, good. Yeah. That's perfect. So, so, so really, the active ingredient was ammonia. <laughs> yeah, you know really the cleaning product we use. Yeah. So, despite uh, the deaths that were surrounding the king's drop, sure. Did I say that King Charles used this? Because he did. Do I not have that anymore? He talked about King Charles and the dead bodies in his house. Oh, he also used this anyway. So, despite this, the king's drops actually remained uh, popular with the privileged and the lower class. Nice. Fuck it, they didn't care. And it actually appeared as a medical recipe in the cookery book, The Cook's Oracle, in 1823. And it detailed how you distill your home supply of human skulls to treat your child's convulsions. It's a shame I can't go pick this up at the Books A Million. Nope. I'd read you... the shit out of that. Man, there's so many. And they just have these recipes that go on and on. The fact that they're called recipes. I know. And it's not for, like, I mean, I know, like, there's mm-hmm. medical rest. Like, I, it's just, you know, whatever. Water recipes. Powdered skull was another powder used 
uh, the back of the head was the most often used, and it was said to treat epilepsy, headaches, and basically anything head-related. Sure. Which makes sense. Powdered yeah. skulls, <laughs> treat a living head. Head to head. Sure. Yep. Sure, why not? Uh, that's honestly the only thing that's made sense. <laughs> Thomas Willis, a 17th century pioneer of brain science, actually brain brewed... He brewed a drink recipe for epilepsy. He brewed it. And it, it mingled powdered human skulls and chocolate. Yum. Mm-hmm. Drink that. You'll be cured. No. A good so, old dose of hot head chocolate. <laughs> so skull moss was also popular. Oh, uh, what? Skull moss. Moss. M-O-S-S. As in, like, moss is growing on your skull? Yep. What a cool mm-hmm. aesthetic. Uh, it became, it came with some rules, though. Sure. So the skull had to not come from a buried person. It had to be from someone who died violently. Because, again, we want that life essence. These poor humans. I know. Well, so a lot of these moss skulls were found on the forgotten battlefields of the unburied men. Oh. They met both criteria. They were not buried, and they died a violent death. I mean... I know. How much more perfect can you get? So the moss grew on the skulls, and it was believed that the moss had absorbed the skull's powers because it was growing on them. Sure. Uh, and people would take the skull moss, they would stuff it up their nose to stop nosebleeds. Mm-mm, nope. They would drink it to stop epilepsy. Nope. And it was also used for menstruation problems. No. Uh-huh. No. No. Um, the father of medicine, Sir Francis Bacon... <laughs> He is not the father of medicine. That's what they called him in the 1800s. Hippocrates is the father hey, of... Hey, I'm just saying. I They quoted him as the father of medicine, Sir Francis Bacon. He proposed um, its use as part of a wound salve to be rubbed on a weapon. That rubbing it on your weapon would heal the wounds that your weapon caused. Stop. This is just... And he's considered the father of medicine. I mean, I'm just, I'm just reading from my book. Jesus. I thought that was funny, so I included it. I sent, can you imagine? Like, I shall be avenged! And you're, like, running at them with a sword with shit all over it. <laughs> uh, so next I have... Uh, so here we go. Some physicians thought that a lot was being missed with only using, like, dried-up corpses as medicine. Uh, not a lot of talk was about the fresh use of bodies. Uh, Parsinius, a German physician, was a believer in fresh corpses, and he denounced all physicians who believed that such a good product should just be left hanging on the gallows. I denounce all of your opinions. Mm-hmm. Parcellian later gave recipes for smoked and cured flesh for the apothecaries. Oh, my God. Can you imagine our modern-day charcuterie board? <laughs> And I will leave you off there. Part two will be next week, and we will go into eating fresh bodies. Oh, God. I can't wait. And it is Remember how I was something. excited about the beginning of this? Yeah. I'm really glad I'm drinking during it. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I mean, this was people's beliefs, and it was their medicine. Like, this was I know. not... And I totally, like, you know, whatever you believe is awesome, like totally about that but gross <laughs> it all goes back to the the four humors I mean, and religion and how they the Catholic the body like, works you know we practice like Work. we drink the blood of christ yep. i mean we don't really drink blood though but you do 
even that is still believed to be modern day cannibalism. Because you essentially... Because you're, you're, like, putting it in your head that this is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so stay stay tuned next week, guys. I am just, like, putting S on the end of everything for some reason. Yeah. It's it's definitely the reason we corrupt. It's reasonably corrupted you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for today, guys. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.